Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Okay, last week we talked to John Ryan um, of Abo and Sexually Frank fame. We talked about uh, a lot of his young acting and uh, and some of the early projects and and some of his college experiences. This week we're going to talk a lot more about uh, Sexually Frank and what it's like for him to play a part that's a little outside his comfort zone and a whole lot more bullshit like that. So here it is, part two, myself and John Ryan. So then, yeah, so the, the, uh, I remember thinking, well, that was a great experience with John, uh, that will probably be it yeah, unless we cross paths, paths again. Cause I had tried out LA and it wasn't for me. And, uh, and I knew you were going to go out there, but then I caught you in a very short time period right before you were going to head to LA where we shot. Yes. That, okay. For, uh, we're moving forward now in history. Yeah. Where, uh, we, where we shot sexually Frank in, and we, we wrapped you, if you remember. In you wrapped two, me in a weekend. Uh, two. I, but Ben Fisher was one weekend. You were two weekends. Right. Yes. I forgot. I forgot about that extra weekend in there. But yeah, I mean, that was the point. I was at, uh, I was living at home because of my lease in my apartment in Boston around out. And I had free time. So I was like, you know what? Fuck yeah. I had a great time making Abo. Of course, I want to work with Frankie Frayne again. And, you know, I love the script. The character was really interesting. Um, out of my comfort zone, which was also something that I had said I would try and do more of. So, which was weird for me to cast you is that I remember people were like, "Why? Is, is it just because you know him?" And I was like, "Kinda." No, he's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a terrible actor, but I, I look at the man; he needs work. Well, it's, you know, it's like these it's these these five characters being the gay couple, the and the characters that ultimately myself, Nina, and Keith would all play. And basically, like that's you know, to cast myself, Nina, and Keith as the stars of the movie is basically casting a film crew. Yeah, pretty uh, much. As the actors, and um, which you guys were great. I love, I love the scenes with you and Neems in the movie. And Keith is fucking hilarious. Keith is fantastic in the movie. I think um, that, he really. I, I got to say, the um, the scene at the end that was the like second thing we shot. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I I'll be completely honest. You know, I, I met Keith on Abo. Like we shot the shit and palled around a little bit. I had forgotten all of those interactions and everything about him. Yeah. Up to the point where I walked in the door of your house and he was there. I was like, oh, hey, John, how's it going? And it was, <laughs> it was just like, oh, hey, man, what's going on? We have like a million scenes together. Okay. Yeah. Well, and he well, he amazed me that night where we shot that last scene where I'm in the Dracula outfit. He's driving the car shirtless. Right. And it was it was astounding. It was it was rare that, you know, it's rare that another actor actor moves me to like feel something in a scene which is yeah. shitty on my part for even saying that because that's what i'm supposed to be doing well it's, but, hard, it's hard to get there genuinely though especially when you're working with people who are amateurs and when well no no I'm, I'm talking like in the sense of like you know other people who've spent years doing theater and, and film acting oh like, i see i i rarely have a cathartic experience if you will working with other actors like yes i can pretend to be you know really emotionally like upset or sad or whatever but when Keith and I were sitting in that car afterwards, like there was a couple of moments after you called cut that I was just like, fuck, <laughs> like a little weepy. Yeah, no, for I'm, sure. I'm like legit upset right now. And well fucking done, bro. <laughs> it was it was um, 
Definitely the first time that's happened on a fucking Frankie Frayne movie. Because <laughs> normally we we just play with our own turds. And that, that was the first time that it was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I did try to capture this in the scene, but it was – um, and it shows you that, you know, that the, I, you know, not to demean um, any actor who's ever studied acting, but – no, no, please go ahead. Speaking on behalf of all actors ever, fuck us. <laughs> but it 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 shows that a lever to a level of comfort, a level of understanding the character, and a willingness to uh, to show vulnerability uh, can make for you know really compelling performance. Of course, absolutely. I mean, that's really the key of it. Like that was that's one of the things. Like it's, it's something that I. I, I feel like I can do, but it takes the right set of circumstances to bring out of me. And, you know, I, I see that very much in, in Keith and his performance as well throughout the entire last act of that movie. Yeah. And, and the fact that he is set up to be this kind of uh, comical, um, pathetic guy. You mean Keith? <laughs> oh, yeah. He already is that person. No, you know, it, you spend 45 minutes with somebody who you're kind of laughing at and with and feeling just a little bit bad for. And when it kind yeah. of it kind of crescendos into, oh, it's not that funny anymore. No, it's kind of it's a it's a sad ha ha now. Yeah. It, it, and now it's just sad. That's a tough thing to I think, though, that's a really effective way to get to a genuine emotion to make him laugh first. You know, like I love um, the Ricky Gervais office show. Uh, I think See, I've actually I've only watched a couple episodes of that version. I've seen all the the U.S. one, but I've only seen a couple of ones with Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I'm not in love with the American one. I think it's kind of like you know it's 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 satirical, and I guess it has a, an emotional moment or two. But that Ricky Gervais one, like he, it is just an, an hysterical character character that reveals himself to be awful. Like <laughs> you're like, there's nothing funny about this. I never should have laughed in the first place, and you really are convinced of that. It's very impressive. Yeah, but but, but in any event, um. Yeah, as far as casting you, when it was kind of like, well, maybe maybe Ben and John, because then it kind of is the old family and it will have that sense of, you know, we all know one another. And rather than trying to find brand new people that I need to try to convince we all know each other. Yeah, and I mean, I, I won't lie. I'm, you know, like I said, playing playing a gay dude was way out of my letter level of like normativity. And I think if it had been anybody other than Ben Fisher... You know, at least if it was somebody that I hadn't met or worked with before, like it would have been a much less comfortable experience. But and you, you probably would have gotten a much different performance. But you didn't play a gay person. You played a person who was gay, and it, right. it, which well, is a little a little different. And part of why I felt comfortable casting you, because I was like, you know, and, and, and it's one of the things about the movie that's gotten complimented a lot, which is, oh, I really like how like your character, for instance, the character of Dan, uh, we spend a scene and a half with him. Without anybody revealing that he's gay, yeah. I, there, there's a hint, maybe, where you're like, "Oh, that was kind of gay." He likes cum, <laughs> but uh, like, it's delicious. What can I say? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but then uh, it, it, point being that like to to uh, to make the attribute of your sexuality be the first thing people should know about you is kind of shitty. And, and well, no, of course. I mean, it, look, it's it's he's a guy for he's a man first who has, you know, feelings and hopes and dreams. Yeah. And the fact that he happens to like blowing dudes second. <laughs> right. It's it's and, and, and I, I hoped that that would be the case also with uh, uh, Nina's character being a female. It's kind of it, it's it's <laughs> you, you don't start with like you're a chick and that's the, the, right. the, the that's the first set of uh, defining qualities about you. And then we can now here's a right. well, of, I feel like that's how like Michael Bay writes his movies. Right. Right. And look, in, in a movie, you have an hour and a half to tell a story. 
you have to boil people down to you know bare essentials sometimes. But you'd never have to Michael Bay it. I mean, that's just egregious. But yeah, but you you do have to cut out details, and sometimes details are make all the difference in who a person is. Yeah, and, uh, totally. And the only opportunity to get those details into that hour and a half is to have an actor who's just hinting at them, just kind of evoking those. And, and, and sometimes they can do it with their performance and sometimes they, it's just who they are and, and a good casting choice. Um, and maybe their relationship to the rest of the people on set. Uh, well, I th- I, and I, you know, like I said, like, I think that's kind of a lot of what it was for me. Um, it was, I mean, mostly like when I first read the script, uh, and was reading over the parts and I was like, Oh, I would make a lot of these same jokes. Yeah. Like with, you know, the, the flying dick jokes for the green screen and all that other stuff. Like that was shit that I would say. And the fact that I spent most of my time just playing a Nintendo game, like, yeah, it's, that's pretty much me. I mean, right now I'm sitting in an office where I play Xbox 35 hours a week. Yeah. I mean, uh, and my, my, my best friends are, you know, Aaron and he, he's exactly the same guy and, and he's gay. And I've never seen that in a, in a movie before. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever seen, uh, a, a gay character go into kind of like a day's Nintendo state before, or, or yeah, it's or, not. Uh, they always end up being like the gay best friend, right? They're kind of they're like a sage like, um, uh, uh, I don't know, person in a female's life. Like I always think of when I think of the worst fucking gay characters in cinema, I think of Sex in the City. Oh God, I still think the best the best example of a gay dude in any movie ever is Gay Perry from uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh yeah, Val Kilmer's character. Val Kilmer's phenomenal in that. Yeah, he is really good. <laughs> um, so, did you did you take any anything out of his book for sexually frank, or did you, was that an? I, no, I I totally did. Like it was, it's just you know, be a guy first, be a gay dude, like fourth or fifth. Like, yeah, that shouldn't have any bearing on who the performance is. But I, I, you know, what I said about if if it had been anybody other than Ben Fisher, you know, I mean. Even if that's not what I'm going to bring to the forefront of the performance, like I'm not going to do everything like, oh, my God, honey, you have got to see all these things. Like right. it's still an undercurrent that I have to like maintain, because especially since so many of the um, of the scenes were with Ben's character. Yeah. And, you know, that's always got to be a thing of like, you know, doing backstory work and doing character work of like, you know, how did we get together and what's our sex life? Like, like, I mean, if I was playing a scene with a woman, it's like, okay, what would, what's our, you know, what happens after the lights go out? Like, what are we like with each other? And, you know, that's, it's, it was just such a strange thing for me. Cause it's like, all right, at first I tried to go through it. Like, okay, this is just like me and one of my buddies from back home, just like shooting the shit or whatever. Oh, but wait, then his dick's going to be in my ass. <laughs> you did not think that. <laughs> this, is, this is how I'm going to back up into the scene, literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> what, they, no, they, I mean, for, for like some of the more intimate moments, like um, with with the breakup scene where um, where he comes in with fucking what was supposed to be <laughs> fat little Jared. <laughs> yes. It was, and, and Oh God, fuck that kid, man. Um, he, he, John is referring to the character who has rosacea in the movie. And, uh, and we were supposed to have cast uh, somebody completely different that we once knew, uh, who, who totally dropped out on the whole thing. We ended up casting what somebody bitch? else. <laughs> what a bitch. His mom called you like the day of the shoot. Jesus Christ. Well, I called, I called the cell and then she picked up and she was oh, like, right, 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 right. You know, she said some really weird, ambiguous things about him. And then I just, all I knew was we didn't have an actor. 
great. <laughs> um, but so shooting shooting a scene like that, or or the even honestly, even the one at the very very end where there's like one line in the entire scene when when Ben comes in and yeah. you know it's just do you make out with anybody or whatever? It's like I don't want to hear about it. Like putting myself into a, into a state of you know, that kind of, you know, emotional vulnerability and like showing that kind of affection for someone. It, it was a little, it was weird doing it with a dude. It yeah. was just kind of strange. Yeah. Cause you're, you're not used to exposing yourself like exactly. that to, an, to another male, but, um, and, and the other thing that's, that I thought was nice was that, uh, the character, the actual, you know, the character of Dan is guarded in the same ways. He probably grew up in somewhat of a homophobic area and 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 he has this kind of um this kind of guarded sense of humor about everything and so yeah. those very short glimpses of emotion that you see are really really big to him they're really difficult for him too and the fact that you had that difficulty with the character i think i think adds to that i think it really kind of it really touches people and so when you do finally go for uh, those moments that would otherwise be corny in any other movie, like a handhold, suddenly it, it infuses it with a different meaning altogether. Um, yeah. And I, I'm interested in that kind of thing. I'm interested in how do you, how do you start from, you know, how do you start someplace else and make your way over to sincere, non-ironic emotion? Uh, I, I think the way you do it is you start with humor. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, they say, well, it's one of those super old cliches that, you know, laughter is the best medicine or whatever. And it's like, I also think that laughter is like the best shield because, you know, if, if somebody comes up to you and gives you shit, like the best way to deal with that is just to laugh it off. Yeah, right. But likewise, you know, if, if shit's going on in your own life, your first instinct is either going to be like super pissed off about it with everybody or you can just laugh at it and try and make as big a joke out of it as you can. And like once you get from there and once it's it's one of those situations where like you're laughing so hard and then you just inexplicably just start bawling your eyes out. Yeah, right. Not I mean literally not like going like ha, 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 ha but the emotion, it's that kind of the emotions like, the emotions aren't so different from one another. No, they're one. really not. I mean yeah. ecstasy is is the is you know, I mean might be the considered the polar opposite of, you know, complete despair or whatever. But I think it's a it's a really gradual kind of curve where it's like you can laugh to a certain point and then that sort of subsides and then that's where the real yeah. shit comes from. Yeah, right. right. Also from your butthole. <laughs> when a man is plowing it. Um, <laughs> uh, Did you just shit on my dick? <laughs> I'm emotionally vulnerable now. Uh, I wasn't before. Uh, so now we've got this fourth feature coming up. I've talked. I've, I've talked about it very briefly across this episode and maybe a few others. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to hear more about this. Yeah. I, I, I uh, uh, haven't sent you those 60 pages yet. Uh, which no, you haven't, which, uh, which was stupid, which was stupid to me. I'm going to do that right after this, but, uh, Oh, it's okay. Take your time. But Jeff, um, Jeff Torelli is the writer. He's a musician, uh, or he, you know, that, that his, his twenties were certainly spent playing music and a lot of the most important relationships in his life are, are based in music, not unlike mine are based in film. And, uh, I'm kind of interested in, you know, while he'll be writing a movie about music, I'll be directing a movie about filmmaking. And, and hopefully in that way, the movie will have some nice genetic, uh, variation 
So it's kind of yeah. just a discussion piece on art in general and people's relationships to it rather than about this medium or that medium. And I want it to – I think that we did such a nice job on Sexually Frank. I mean I'm really proud of Sexually – going from 10 pounds, which I'm embarrassed to talk about, to, to, <laughs> to Abo, which is really which is really fun to make and I, I do think stands up in some areas and maybe not in others. Oh, Abo absolutely stands when I um when I first got to LA and like it was unpacking all my DVDs and stuff. Um, one of my one of my housemates pulled out Abo because they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And then they saw that it it had John Ryan like a crude cartoon version of me on the cover, and they're like, "Oh, we're fucking watching this." <laughs> and I, at first, I was horrified, not because I was you know afraid for them to like to see the project, because honestly, I, I really liked it. Whenever I watched it alone, I really enjoyed Abo. Yeah, um, I have, and I think a lot of actors have this. I have a horrific time watching my own work especially when there's people who are not me in the room ah, yeah. uh, so at first I was just like no oh my god don't watch it I'm terrible blah, blah, blah. and then um, they watched it and they you know I mean throughout the entire thing they were laughing their asses off and having a great time I think Abo's is something incredible to be incredibly proud of did you um, did I t- do you have a blu-ray player is really what I should ask I do yeah you sent me uh, sexually frank on it oh I did well yeah. I've, I've since made an Abo blu-ray Really? Is it got like a million hours of extended features? It's got well, it's got our hour and a half long uh, uh, HD blooper reel, which is a lot of fun. Which has all of your fuck ups. <laughs> oh, um, good, great, phenomenal, and and all of mine. And um, you mean all the times that you threw shit at me and missed? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but there is uh, the thing about uh, the Blu-ray of Abo is that I actually because I learned how to color correct on Sexually Frank, I went back to the source footage of Abo. I removed any kind of effects we had put on it previously and I color corrected it shot by shot and put it on Blu-ray and it's never looked fucking better. And, and, and really? the other thing that I did, which this is a real George Lucas, this is a little bit bullshit. Did um, you go back and add extra Ewoks? There are, there is a Jabba scene. No, um, there, <laughs> the, 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 there's that, uh, that boardroom scene with you that go always kind of went on too long. Fucking cut the that. one with where they cut in Lloyd Kaufman and yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that scene. I remember being – I'm sorry for saying this. I don't know if you knew this on the day. No, I know. I was so hungover that day. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my brain was hurting so bad. Which like really, I looked so disheveled and I felt like such an asshole because I showed up. My hair was all fucked up. My eyes had huge bags under them. My shirt was like <laughs> rumpled and like half tucked in. I was like 20 minutes late. The, the I'm ha- sorry. The hair was not small. <laughs> it was large hair. <laughs> it was. Uh, well, it's funny because I remember the last time that I watched that – it reminded me of that because there's that one shot. Um, I think it's about halfway through the movie after I've, you know, after Hoffman's wife has left him and he's had the meeting with that lawyer that was just such a magnificent scene that oh I really God. wish he hadn't cut any of. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he where it like they're at the, the sake or the, the boiling water dumpling yeah. store yeah. restaurant i don't know what the fuck kind of place i don't eat a sh- lot of Asian it was sh- shabu shabu yeah yeah fuck shabu shabu those assholes <laughs> and you had tiny hair <laughs> and it just like cut for two seconds and it was just me behind a newspaper I was like oh right i cut my hair that day that was like my last shot of the movie well we shot it across like six months which for me at the time was a short amount of time it you know yeah. it, it didn't hold the candle to the two weekends we did on sexually frank where the, <laughs> ha- the hair maybe changes by like half an inch you can't even yeah. notice it well because it's just like you know scene one like five minutes ago giant fucking disgusting mess of hair scene two <laughs> We did see three giant fucking massive ball. <laughs> I mean, you're more aware of that than most people because you are you. But um, 
Like we 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 tried to frame you so you couldn't see the haircut as much and whatnot. Well, I, the thing about that was that was actually a lesson that I learned in high school. Um, was that don't change anything about your appearance unless you get your director to say so first. Yeah. Um, I remember I was doing this play uh, my senior year of high school, and it was about Leon Trotsky. Um, and basically what happened was like I'm supposed to have like an ice pick shoved into my head through the entire uh, sequence, and they built this rig that was going to go on my head, and it worked really well, and it was completely hidden by my giant you know, bulgy fucking 80s helmet head of hair. And then, but they had never showed it to me, so I didn't know how it worked. So like a week and a half before the showing up, I went out and got all my hair cut off. Yeah. And so I walk in and they're like, what the fuck did you do? And like, you had to jury rig something and it looked like total shit. And so after that, it was always just like, I had broken my one rule and that I always felt really bad about that for, uh, for Abo. But it's, it's tough for a director too, because you're hijacking somebody's life and appearance for six months, <laughs> but they right. were always, you guys were always really nice about it. I was, I was a theater major in college who was overweight and played video games in all of his fair, spare time. My appearance <laughs> meant nothing to anybody. I'm preventing him from being his hotness. <laughs> I was there was a I, I shot a, a a short film with another director, um, a female director called uh, this little movie called Vibes um, that I wanted to help her try to get made, and uh, I ended up kind of being co-director on it because she hadn't had a ton of experience, and. Um, I, there was this one actress that like, I'm glad it was a short, I'm glad it was only like a 25 minute thing Yeah. because I wasn't digging her. I didn't really like her attitude and I definitely didn't like her performance, which means like, look, like if I'm going to hate your attitude, can I at least like your performance? Um, how speaking in very, uh, crafty and actory terms, uh, how were her boobs? <laughs> they were small, <laughs> but she's well, unfortunate and I'm sorry. That means she's bad at acting. Yeah, definitely. That's why, <laughs> that's where you get all your acting power is right here, baby. Ample bosoms. You um, can't see it cause it's an audio podcast, but I'm squeezing my titties. <laughs> but no, she, uh, uh, on the very last day, it was the last thing we had to shoot it was a little close up scene of her on the phone. And she shows up with like a perm. And I was, I probably reacted worse than I needed to. No, 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 no. <laughs> Every once in a while, you need to be that guy. <laughs> but I was pretty pissed off. And the, 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 frankly, I think this bitch probably needed it. <laughs> the person who was in charge of the whole thing was just like, Frankie, like, come on, man. And I was like, no, no, fuck this bitch with the perm. <laughs> You're going to do a perm in the middle of the movie. The next scene, you have no perm. And what then, is this, 1987? She's like, well, I'm supposed to be at a, I'm supposed to be at a, uh, at work. And then in the next scene, I'm not at work. So it kind of makes sense. So I'm like, don't fucking explain it to me. I made enough movies to know that all it's going to mean is the audience is going to be jarred by the fact that the hair got cut. I was like, let's just shoot the fucker. <laughs> and then from that point on, she really, she wanted to, uh, you know, people who actually study acting and care about uh, doing it right don't want to be given uh, line reads by directors, which is like when you literally are like, say it like this. And you say, and you know, mimic me. They don't want that shit. Tell me. See, I, once in a while, I'll disagree with that, though, because every so often you'll get this one line that you just have like it'll be you know, some weird fucking either joke or like colloquial turn of phrase that the writer knew everything about. And you have no idea what the yeah. fuck it means. Yeah, right. So uh, once in a while, it's okay. But for the most part, yeah, we'll try and avoid those. But <laughs> but I, I, I decided to just like break every directing rule from that point on. Good. And I was Good like, man. say it, say it like this. Yell it. Say it quieter. Say it faster. 
<laughs> Fuck you. Say it better. Yeah, be better at acting. Act harder. <laughs> um, but uh, the, where I was going with this in the very first place was I am very, very proud of Sexually Frank. I thought it came out excellently, way better than I. Than I, you know, I was really worried that it would because it's it's got a lot of places where it could really fuck up and it didn't. Um, at least I don't think it did. And we went to yeah, we 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 did Cinekink in New York. We went to the Sydney Underground Film Festival, which was a goddamn blast where I found that young Australian film students have a crush on you, which was really cool to hear. Really? Yeah. Did I tell you that? I don't think you did. Well, they gave us a chick. They gave us a, a, a film student to like drive us around. And uh, this is oh, I thought you I thought you meant they like showed up at your hotel room and like, here is your woman. Enjoy her <laughs> diplomatic immunity. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been revoked. Uh, now, this is this really uh, uh, nice young lady who um, who got Keith and I where we needed to be on time and stuff like that. And they put us up and it was, it was really cool. But she was like, you know, I kind of I kind of like the John Ryan guy. He's kind of a uh, you know, like they 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 dug you. And a few people have said that too. They've been like uh, whoever that John Ryan is. But but so that's the compliment. The insult is from Ben Fisher, who <laughs> <laughs> who said that he would have to fuck up his image a little bit to make make it believable that he would be with you in that movie. That's why <laughs> that's why he has that curly hair in the whole movie is because he See? wanted to ugly himself up a little. See, he's absolutely right. <laughs> exactly. If if I had spent like. The, like two or three months before the movie, like getting in shape and like lifting weights and shit. So I actually had like muscles and like discernible pectorals instead of just kind of like a cup man titties and kind of a gut <laughs> then totally. But I was always kind of operating under the assumption that Ben was Ben's character was always just a little bit of damaged goods. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good way to put it actually. Um, so, so now that I think we have with Kyle as the cinematographer and, uh, and and Nina, of course, has always been a mainstay on all of these, and is is kind of how is Nina, by the way? I know we're in the middle of a thing, but I have no, asked. no. She's 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 great. Uh, she's really looking forward to making another movie, um, and she's really looking forward to not acting in it this time. <laughs> Woo! Despite the fact that she, I thought she was awesome in the movie. She she was great. Um, but I will say, I'm really looking forward to more of her mac and cheese with hot dogs in it. Right. That was a that was a nice day. That was the long that was a damn fine meal. That was the longest day. That was that day started around. I mean, we all had to get up around seven, but we went. Yeah, you know, we started shooting around nine and we went all the way until midnight and then we crashed out and then shot all over again the next day. And then we lost a card, if you remember, too, which lost some footage, some footage. Oh, right. Up. Wait. So that 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 was the night that that was day one that I was there. Right. Because I think I remember getting there yeah. and shooting that yeah. thing. That was the very first. And yeah. Keith and I thing. stayed up until like four in the morning playing Star Fox. Yeah, it was. You were like an abusive dad to him, like <laughs> drinking whiskey. And he was like, Dad, look, Andros. And you were like, Andros is great, son. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut Find up. your mother. She's two towns over now. D Daddy needs his medicine. <laughs> mm. God damn it, Frankie. Do you have any idea how much whiskey burns in the nasal cavity? Um, oh. oh, that was terrible. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I literally just had whiskey go up into my nose. Comedy is the best weapon. Oh God. I hate you so much. <laughs> But I love you. Um, I love you and your adorable face. <laughs> so uh, uh, I I think that we have everything we need to um, to make another film, uh, not just make it good, but <clears throat> make it interesting, make it creative, make it weird. Um, try Ooh, I like let's, let's get weird on this. Yeah, yeah let's get weird on this one. Try some new things. Try some. Uh, I, you know, I already have had a few ideas about 
how I want to work visually. Kyle and I are seeing a demo of the, uh, the black magic cinema camera on Thursday. We're meeting with the writer again, who's a great guy. And I, th- I think you're going to hit it off with him really well. And, um, cool. And I really, uh, yeah, I, I'm really glad that you're, you're on board. I didn't think you wouldn't be, but the logistics of, of travel, um, could easily fuck this up. I thought, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the logistics of travel are, are definitely, uh, I'll, I'll call them a concern because they are, Yeah. but you know, I mean, I've had nothing but an amazing experience both times I've worked with you and nothing but an amazing experience knowing you in general for the last six, seven years. So it, it's been, awesome. I mean, any, any I chance that you like you're, uh, you'll probably always be the one director if, if I go on to, you know, do anything else acting wise, who I can honestly say that if you ask, if you say jump, I will ask how high. <laughs> if you say asshole, I'll ask how deep. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I remember, I remember you saying that to me on a, at the gay pride parade. It was right after your Dracula scene. It was a tough little scene. And, oh, uh, yeah. and it was, you, you had to cut out, but you were, that was your last, I think that was the last thing you shot with us all together. Gave me I a, think it was, no, no, I thought, I thought there was one more after that. Pretty sure that was your rap on the movie. You gave me a big hug and we're like, uh, I'll you're do- right. Yeah, no, it was. And then I, then I got on a, uh, did I drive? I drove. I got in my car. You, yeah. You need to go back to somewhere in mass. Yeah, I got in my car in my in my vampire makeup and drove off. <laughs> that vampire makeup was re- really stuck in your craw at one point. It, was, it really was. I didn't think it would be that fucking difficult, but it was. I thought it'd be like I the easiest what costume. Was really, what really bothered me about it was the teeth. Because yeah, the right. teeth make or break a vampire thing, and they just wouldn't stay on. We gave up altogether. <laughs> we we totally said fuck it on that one. The, uh, but the cape looked fabulous. You remember uh, Mark Santos, uh, who did the, the prosthetic effects on Abo? Uh, yeah, totally. He... Um, so, so he and I did a podcast. He, he, he's on an episode of one of these a few back and, uh, is still active with it. Still, uh, ironically working with people that I know really well. Um, cool. and, uh, he wants to continue to do stuff. And, uh, aside from maybe some set, de- set decoration, cause there's no prosthetic special effects in this upcoming movie. Sorry. It's like way too indie for that. Um, can you just like, give me like a really <laughs> sweet, like scar. Yeah. Like that, like, like from the forehead down across the eye and like, like down to the neck, like a sub zero from Mortal Kombat three. Yeah. Or like, like, uh, the Ahab scar on Gregory Peck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> I'll talk to him right away. Straight away. Like a lightning bolt from the fires of hell. Well, I talked to him about, I was like, maybe you could do a, a series of, uh, figures for, um, because he, you know, he just wants to do stuff. I was like, maybe cool. you could do a little Abo statuette or something like that. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I'd love to do that character again. And I was like, and if, if you, you know, if it comes out good, maybe you do a few others. And I'm definitely thinking of, uh, you from sexually Frank in the Dracula with the dark sunglasses and cigarette (laughs) kind of in like, it's fucking loud pose when you're like, it's fucking loud. Yeah. Uh, Where it's just fuck everything, man. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I I want that somewhere in my room. You can actually see behind me. I've got that big Abo mural. I do. I see my ugly fucking mug right over there. Right there. Yeah. Um, I always keep all this bullshit a little close to me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, what have I got around here? I've got nothing. I've got a John Lithgow bobblehead <laughs> from your period of time with him. Look at oh that. yeah. He and I were old bros, but I do have the sunglasses that I wore in that scene. Oh shit. Those are, those are the ones. Yeah, they are. They are. I, I broke the the stem on them though. So they're a little busted up, but I, I could, repaired them. I couldn't tell if you were, um, genuinely like in a bad mood throughout that whole scene that we were shooting or if you were just that in character i basically like i was in a great mood and then i had i had to put myself in a shitty mood to be because i'm not the i I can do 
Like the one thing about acting to me is like, know what your strengths are and play to those. And it's like, if you've got, like, I can do like big over the top, like I'm angry and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Like that I can do like kind of just off the cuff and whatever. But like when there's moments of that kind of like reserved, like, Oh man, this just fucking sucks. Yeah. Like those are the moments where it's like, I have to like, all right, fine. I've got to like make myself upset and all that shit. They were. So, like, I, I had to like basically get into a shitty mood for the rest of that day and like try to have as much fun as possible. Like that cute little lesbian girl. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah I ended up, mm. I ended up finding her on uh, Facebook. Oh really? Well, we got a release. So I was like, I think I owe her a, uh, cause she was just a random person in the crowd that we asked to, to say some lines. And I thought she, I owed it to her to tell her that we finished that movie that she was in for half a second. And if she's interested in being like, look at this, I'm in this <laughs> giant thing to her friends or something like that. But she was um, only half interested. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's, well, so that's fine. She was cute as hell. Uh, I remember you and Kyle um, being feeling a little bit like uh, there was because it was a gay pride parade. Like there, like all the women in the area were unavailable and it was, it was upsetting you. And Keith and I were just like, what the fuck is going on with these two? <laughs> yeah. That's that. That was also a big part of it as well. Keith and I were like, this is like, how we see all these women who are out and about and like, you know, the half cut off tank tops and like bikini tops. And I'm like, yes, all of this is, Oh wait, none of them like penises. <laughs> but Keith and I were like, uh, we feel that way all the time. We're like, this is all unavailable. This is no one's well, you're married. So of course it's unavailable. Yeah. But that but aside, like, I, I I feel that all the all the time too, but it's just it's more in your face when there's a huge party going on around you, and there's you know people in you know wacky costumes and flags and rainbows everywhere and glitter shooting out of cannons and titties all over the place, and it's just like I want to feel those titties, but I can't. You want to be in that trippy uh, gay rights sex haze, and, <laughs> and and you feel like you're outside of it. I, I want to be in the fuck fog. Okay. <laughs> the fuck fog. Uh, yes. So um, something I can never be. So we shot that movie uh, in 2010, summer 2010, believe yep. it or not. So we're coming up on like three years ago. We shot that. Maddening, uh, dude. And um, so what have you what have you been up to since? What's been going on? Oh, man. Um, not a goddamn thing. <laughs> no, uh, a lot. Actually, uh, unfortunately, none of it having to really do with uh, acting at all. Um, you know, like like you said, after uh, we shot Sexually Frank, right before I was going to move to Los Angeles, and I uh, and I did uh, moved out there with the you know all super well intentioned of like getting headshots and finding an agent and getting a part time job and doing auditions and the reality of finding enough a job that paid enough to keep a roof over my head became way more important than getting myself famous yeah. and rich. Um, so anyway, I found myself a job. I, I worked a couple of random part-time gigs while I was, you know, crashing on couches left and right for about two months. Um, worked at Universal Studios, getting paid to scare the piss out of tourists for uh, their Halloween festival, which was a blast. I, I went to that, uh, and it was the most fun ever. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, on, on we got free passes for our off night, so we could just go and walk around the park, which was great. Yep. And um. I was really bummed that I didn't get to do it uh, this past year because they had a Walking Dead, um, like uh. Roadhouse type deal, that was apparently supposed to be really really good. Did you um, who, who did, did you like play a part and get paid to play that part? I yeah it was it was a it was a job. I ended up actually I was one of their like extras basically. Um, so I would show up after their normal call time, which was like four o'clock. I would get there at like five thirty, and then if anybody didn't show up for the night. I'd uh, 
I'd essentially just fill in for them if I like matched their height and weight. Yeah. So I played, um, I was, you know, a random fucking zombie one night on like the studio backlot tour where you like get out and walk through like the sets of psycho and war of the worlds and all that shit. So I was a random guy there. I was, uh, jigsaw from wow. saw one night, which was really fun. Uh, <laughs> no, I felt really bad. I scared an old woman so bad that she knocked over her own wheelchair. Um, <laughs> And that was really terrible. Can you do the the jigsaw voice? No, no, I didn't have to say anything. I just wore a pig mask and and you know had a knife. Because if you attempted the voice, you would just sound all muffled and stupid anyway. Do you want to play that? <laughs> now the real games begin. It's not very scary. Can barely yeah. hear you. And then there was a. Um, I played a dude who was getting his brain sawed open by Dr. Insano from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, nice. Which so, was fun. It was great. Uh, actually, do you know Rob Belchunas? He makes balloon animals. No. Okay. He was he was my year at school. He's a really funny little kid. Uh, he, he and I worked with a couple of Emerson kids were actually there. It was interesting. Oh, wow. Um, but so anyway, so after that, I uh, kind of dicked around for a while. Eventually landed myself a job that I never thought I'd get. Yep. Uh, playing video games for money. <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, I was doing that for a while. Eventually, uh, realized that the company I was working for, uh, which, while it was a really fun job, was a bullshit group of people to work for. Um, not so much in the sense that, like, meh, I'm, meh, I'm bored with my job and I don't want to do it anymore. But just like these people are actively trying to screw over all of their employees, so I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna work here anymore. It was a startup, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, Legally, I'm obligated to not disclose the names. Of no, no, yeah, don't say the names. Just I, I believe I wanted to say it was a startup. Yeah, no, it is a startup um, out of Culver City, dealing in educational content. Gotcha. I think that's all I can legally say. Um, <laughs> One more word, and fucking lawyers are descending on that place. Just show up out of nowhere. And like, <laughs> you know, lawsuit pending, lawsuit pending, lawsuit pending. After that, I ended up working for a company that basically is the TMZ of YouTube. Not so much in the follow celebrities around, but uh, all they report on was like Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus. And it was fun. They what were did, really good. What, what did you do for them? Um, since my time at the other place, I basically had to teach myself how to be a video editor uh-huh. as well as um, running the camera on a few shoots. So I ended up working as like a red carpet uh, cinematographer and a studio shooter as well as uh, like one of their editors for their news channels. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, so I would go and I would shoot and edit, um, various entertainment, like lifestyle news pieces, like Justin Bieber fucking smokes weed. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Right. And, um, did you get to do any, like any voiceover or anything like that? Or is it all kind of just like crew stuff? Um, I did a little bit of voiceover stuff. I actually, I did a couple of pieces for them, uh, when we were at PAX East, uh, the Penny Arcade Expo that yeah. was in Boston. We traveled there in April. Oh, shit. It, I, I uh, wish I had known. I would have uh, went there and found you. Oh, God. I, I was locked in the media room. I was literally like in that box for oh, okay. two days straight and then back. I, I didn't finish editing until halfway through the flight back to Los Angeles. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, at E3, I did a couple of like one or two little pieces for them. But then it's actually kind of funny and sad, actually. I kind of regret um, – I don't regret it because where I'm at right now is really cool. Um, but I did a uh, – I eventually I, I ended up getting a job where I'm at now, which is IGN, uh, the the like juggernaut of video game and movie and TV nerdy news stuff. Formerly known as IGN 64. Very true. Yeah. Way, way long ago. Yeah. 
Um, and back when that was back when like they were only cheat codes. Right. Exactly. Which is still all I really use them for. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say that if you're watching from work, I didn't say that walkthroughs. They yeah. also, I mean, they, they review television too, right? Uh, like, like they, they review, do, they do, yeah. they do everything now. They do TV, they do movies, they do comics. Yep. Um, but I basically have the best job in the fucking place because my job is they've got like a whole wiki section mm. of like everything you want to know about a certain video game or TV series. Um, but for video games, they've got, you know, full walkthroughs of like collectibles and Easter eggs and boss fights and everything else that you need. And all I do is make videos, uh, produce video content that will like supplement those wikis. So I basically get paid a really good industry standard wage, which is the first time I've ever had anything like that, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, to play Xbox for like 35 hours a week and then spend the rest of my weeks editing video together. Wow. That's really awesome. Yeah. But you had to, you had to move though, right? I did. I had to move. I, uh, I moved from San Francisco or from Los Angeles to San Francisco. I've uh, spent, you know, another two months living on couches and all this stuff. Um, but what I was saying was even though I love where I'm at now and it's really great, when I went to give my notice uh, at the last place at Clever, they um, they thought that they – because apparently I went in and they had just asked somebody to send me in because they wanted to give me my own show talking shit about terrible movies. Oh, man. Yeah. So unfortunately that never really came to light. Um, but maybe that's something that will happen in the future, but who knows. Yeah, well, you always have them. Uh, to yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have contacts over there at least forever, so that's great. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's something I've been considering just kind of doing on on my own. Um, yeah, I mean, what? Why do you need anybody? You know how to edit video and shoot it. That's true, but I just don't have a good camera. I don't have a camera aside from my phone. But you know, it's the f- fucking you know, not to sound like kind of dorky, but those phones look pretty good. Like they do actually. This the phone that I have shoots in in 1080, which is amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even just I, I have the, just the iPhone four and it shoots in seven twenty. I do blogs on it and it they, they all look pretty good. Yeah, no, they do. I mean, I um, let's say I've I've shot some amateur, mature <laughs> content. Yeah, sure. And it looks great. <laughs> well, that's because you're in it, my friend. <laughs> oh no, you don't really see much of me at all. Oh that's really? The- you just see like the occasional calf. <laughs> a little bit of my stomach you just see some hair changing shot by shot yeah uh, yeah it's basically like the sex scene from superfly just watch that and you'll know exactly what it looks like only this time it's in hd <laughs> an hd phone copy of superfly um <laughs> so uh, uh and that that does that bring us up to uh today that brings us up to today yeah um i mean i've been doing a little bit of stuff uh, I've, as far as acting goes, I've done some stuff while I was in LA, um, a couple of shorts and, uh, some comedy stuff. Actually, I helped a few friends of mine, uh, former comedy troupe. You can find them on YouTube at, uh, viewer, uh, com. Okay. We're the viewers like you. <laughs> um, but sadly I don't really work with them anymore since I'm, you know, 400 miles away. Mm. Um, but I figured I got to give them a nice little shout out. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, uh, there, there has always been those projects that, you know, like, like projects with you. The thing that I love about when I get a phone call from Frankie Frayne is that, Hey John, it's Frankie Frayne. I've got a project and I know that project's going to happen. Yeah. It might not be like immediately, but it will happen at some point. Uh, which is something that I'm, I sadly can't really say about most of the people in the same town that I used to live in. And it's what, like whenever people want advice on like 
you know, what should I do? How should I go about this? It's just like, just finish something for the love of God. Yeah. Like it can be because that that's going to the what that accomplishes is it attracts talented people to your projects and makes them want to commit instead of having to wonder whether or not they should. That's everything. I mean, like if nothing else, just complete something. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, even if, you know, in my case, I really, I have the most fun when I'm just on set doing stuff. So like, depending on what the project is, like, you know, with your stuff, I know I can count on it to end up coming out really, really good because you guys know your shit and you're really good at it. Uh-huh. So like, I always want to see the finished product with you, but there's, you know, with, you know, some of my friends here in LA or even back in Boston, like, There'd be things where I'd be like, yeah, let's fucking shoot something. And then we shoot it and it's a blast. And then I have no interest in it ever getting out of the cutting room. Yeah, that's a bummer. It is. It is. And that's the thing. Like, I always like to see it once it's all done. But, you know, to not even get to the stage of like planning on trying to set a date to shoot stuff like it's Mm -hmm. such a it's such a shame. Like we I've had I had projects in the last year that were were really, really good, like well written, really fun, good, good cast, great crew that we, you know, got through rehearsals for and then just never shot. They shot like two bits of it and then that was the end of it. And it was infuriating. I was talking to Kyle for a while yesterday because we're, you know, he, this is the stage where he's getting really pumped because Kyle has a similar kind of energy that I do, which is he, he's kind of his happiest when he's productive. And um, I think we all are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, well, he, he always just talks about how uh, he'd be happy to, he's not doing it for the finished product at all. He's, he's doing it, um, uh, for the experience of making the film because it, it was so fun last time. Uh, of course. but, but, but he's like, no, all the stuff that comes after is all a major bonus. And he knows that I care a lot about that shit. Obviously that's kind of my end goal, but, right. for, but, but for me, the big, the big journey, if you will, from like when I first, you know, if, if you go all the way back to the Indiana Jones exhibit and you come up to this moment there, you start off going like, wouldn't it be cool to finish a movie? And you know, wouldn't it be cool to have made a film, but you don't yeah. go, Hey, I can't wait until, um, I can't wait until the 12th hour of shooting when I have to take a giant shit and I'm super <laughs> tired or like, you're not thinking about the logistics of it whatsoever. And then when you're faced with them, that's when 90% of the people that wanted to have made a film go away. And, yeah. and, and that's not me going, aren't I awesome because I make the cut or some shit like that. Even though you are, <laughs> well, thank you. But w- what I am saying is that, uh, cause, cause when I first started, I was like, yeah, I just want to have finished it. And I hated the process. I, I just knew it was necessary for finishing it. But when you do yeah. it, when you do it long enough, you start to slowly actually enjoy the process. And only when you get to that point, when you're like, no, I look forward to those tired days. I look forward to when we're in the thick of it. And yeah. w- when, when things are a little hectic, um, I look forward to not knowing whether or not something's going to be good or bad. I look forward to the adrenal- ad- adrenaline rush of that. Uh, that's, I think when you, when you start to make good stuff. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, speaking from the actor side of things, cause I've only ever tried my directing hand at, at, on, uh, on stage. Um, I've directed a couple of stage shows, Cannibal being one of them. I'm out there production of that, uh, back home one time, which was great. Yep. Um, but you know, I mean, that's hard enough when you just have to wrangle the actors and like a music guy and the stage manager, like when you've got you know, not just the actors, not just the grips, not just the lighting guys, not just the cameraman, but everything else, plus the pre and post production after that. Like if you can get to that point and say, yes, I still want to do this. And yes, I'm having fun. Like that's a huge fucking thing. Yeah. Like that's, that's what makes me want to come back. And like for you to say that after making, you know, three movies now going into a fourth, like, yeah, 
that you still say that even though you're, you know, you're still working like a regular job and you got a wife and two dogs, like that's huge. And that means that you're a guy that really does that. I can believe him when he says, I just fucking love doing this. Like, yeah. not like the people who will just start getting into fights with people for no fucking reason because they get bored. Right. I mean, I, like, like I, there's, you know, there's those days where, you know, I'm hanging around Nina and I'm like, uh, I'm worried that this is not going to come out well, or I'm, uh, what, what if this, and she's just like, you know what? Like you're, your happiest when you're making a movie. So go make a fucking movie. Like just yeah. like that's, that is when you are your happiest. So, so go make yeah. it happen. And uh, it really, if it weren't for, for you and Ben and Kyle and Keith and these types of people that I've met, which is not, <laughs> I do not take that shit for granted. Like I, I've, I've made a, a lot of friends who like to make films who are like, I just don't know how to get people to work with me. And you know, like, how did you find these people? I'm like, I have no idea how I found this. These people, I was you, I lucked out. Here's a tip for them. Don't be shitty. <laughs> Don't because be there's shitty. a lot of things I can say about you, Frankie Frayne, but I can never say, call you shitty. You're not a shitty person. You're not a shitty director. You're not a shitty filmmaker. You're great at all of those things. Well, thank you. I mean, that, that means the, the world. But um, but that's exactly why uh, uh, we're going to make another one. And we're going to it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge for you because you, you, you are going to be in every single scene. Like there's you. You are the guy. You are the movie you're not a character in the movie you are the movie um and uh it, it, it's i love gonna, a good challenge it's gonna be uh you know that i've always loved rocky it's gonna be my rocky uh I'm, and i i really <laughs> like the sound of that what, from what you were telling me the other day like it seems that especially i mean given the last few months that i've had you know all that shit like between that and everything else like it seems like this could be a really really amazing project to work on yeah I think so. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, is it too, is it too this or is it too that? And you're, you're asking those questions. Uh, I'm asking those questions of myself way right. too early. And and it's one of those things where where um, you drive yourself crazy with that kind of shit. Going like, oh, is it? Am I trying to be this or am I trying to look that way? And it's like, you know what, man? Like, <clears throat> if it ends up being a complete replica of the wrestler accidentally like just j- just deal with it but like, can i wait can i do a ram jam at the end of it <laughs> yes you should we're gonna have that bar- ram jam. we're gonna have that barbed wire match right at the top of it no let's not do that <laughs> well that's what that's how we're gonna get the special effects guy involved okay fine 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 <laughs> um but this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I, I I know that the people who listen to this, which is a few dozen people, uh, have been going, John Ryan, John Ryan, John Ryan. We like you him. You mean Keith listens to it 12 times? <laughs> That's very nice of you. No, we have. There's the uh, – it's weird. Um, I'm not saying that a lot of people listen to these podcasts, but it's not like the people who watch the movies automatically listen to the podcasts. And it's not as right. though the people who listen to the podcast have necessarily seen the movies. We've gotten kind of like uh, people that I've certainly never met from across the country who then have found the movies because of the podcast. So that's excellent. That, see, that's the best. That's like my favorite kind of networking. It's just like random people just kind of popping in and popping out for various reasons. It's yeah. great. Yeah. There's this one gentleman. Uh, he's He was on the pod, but he found us. Uh, he he he's, does this film review site in Sweden called Film Bizarro. Dot com. <clears throat> and this is he he, he named Discount Film School his favorite podcast of uh, 2012, which was really nice. And Look at that. Did he send you a trophy or an award? <laughs> yeah, he sent me. This is a box of shit. <laughs> this is like, here you go. Discount <laughs> discount film no, award. Did, did he did he send you anything? Did he send you like a little statuette? No, nah, he just he did a little um a little write up on on his website and stuff. All right. Well, I'm going to assume he's going to listen to this. So you listen up, motherfucker. <laughs> you send this man a trophy. His a name big... is his name is Chef Swedish Chef. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're lying or not because I don't know any Swedish people. 
<laughs> They're all named Jeff. <laughs> um, even the chicks. Even the chicks, especially the chicks. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, you know that that was that was sexist of me. And to all you ladies out there, I'm sorry. I'm also available for dating purposes. <laughs> he does this every fucking time. Every movie, every blog I do, every podcast. There's a little weird kind of advertisement in there somewhere. But this, I mean, he, what can I say? I got I got to get the goods out there somewhere, right? You uh, listen. He, you're huge. John Ryan is huge in Australia. I showed up there, and there were like 50 foot signs of just like your fucking mug. Before yeah, you're bullshitting me, before, unless my doppelganger happens to be an Australian ad model. Well, the, uh, of course I'm joking, but the the only the, where I'm not joking is uh, the poster that I sent them for Sexually Frank is literally the shot of my toe going into Nina's ass. That that like that close up is the poster, and um, and this is the fucked up thing. I show up to Sydney, Australia. I am on the opposite end of the world. I couldn't be further from family, friends, and everything I know. And uh, I start just like like Keith and I are just going into shops and seeing sites and stuff like that. And uh, there are flyers for Sydney Underground and for, I think it was called the Sydney Fringe Film Festival, which is a much bigger thing. And yeah. they promote the Sydney Underground Festival. So there are flyers in shops with my toe and Nina's ass all over Sydney. That's amazing. And I was like, this is messed up. I don't, I, like, I don't know what existence I'm living right now. But um, I, Tell me you took a bunch of photos of that at least. Uh, yeah, oh, certainly. And, 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 please, and we, please send me at least one of them because I would like to A, see that poster and B, see it in that scenario. Well, I took home the whole flyer. Um, but I guess I didn't. Yeah, I don't think I took a photo of it like in context. But we did do, if you ever want to check out the trip, we did like a, Keith and I did a 35-minute little video on everything where we win the oh, award. Awesome. Uh, is that on your website or? Yeah, if you go to, if you go to sexuallyfrank.com, go to videos. Excellent. Um, you can, I think that's the the top one. Um, I think uh, I think the last time I was on that website was during the, uh, the making of blog thing uh, where I got to watch uh, Keith tell everyone how I was about to destroy that Staples bathroom. You want to tell that story before we go? Not really. <laughs> we were. I was reminiscing about it just the other day. It was this amazing <laughs> moment. It's all in the blog, but basically, uh, as a man myself who, who's clogged many a toilet, um, I'm very sympathetic to other people's shit problems. And uh, it happens, man. <laughs> shit happens. And I was. Uh, we had been shooting. You know, it was a long day of shooting. It was that first day of shooting, and uh, we were about to go to a dental office to shoot a scene that was, it was supposed to be a nursing home, but we were shooting it in a dental office and they were really nice to let us get in there and do it. And so, uh, when John Ryan turns to me with the sly face, uh, and a cocked eyebrow and he goes, when I get there, I'm going to wreck that bathroom. And I was like, <laughs> and I laughed a little bit just cause I was moving and I wasn't really paying attention. And then I went, wait a minute, what are you going to do? And he's like at the dental office, I'm going to wreck that bathroom. <laughs> that's my, that's my John. Sound like to you. That's my John Ryan impression, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, "You're gonna wreck." Please. I was like, "Like you're gonna vandalize it? Like what? What's gonna happen?" And you're like, "No, I'm. Uh, I no, have no, do it in the John Ryan voice." <laughs> no, no. I'm when I get there, I'm gonna take. <laughs> I'm gonna take such a gigantic dump. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, virtually wreck the bathroom. I was like, dude, they're let, they're, like, go here, go at my my house. We were still at my house, and and you you said with all sincerity, you were like, I wouldn't do that to you and your wife. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to your home because it was a newly bought home at the time. Yeah, you know? it was it was like a brand new house almost, and I really, I honestly like. 
A man's got to take responsibility for his actions, and that's not a responsibility that I wanted to take. So you refused to, to take this awful dump in my house. I refused to let you take it in the dental office. So we ended up just making you run all the way to a Staples. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, it was in the same parking lot as the dental office. Did you wreck the Staples bathroom? Oh, my God. I fucking destroyed it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what it is, but that that your, your, your JR voice just made me cry so hard. <laughs> I laughed so hard that I cried. No, seriously. When I get to that Staples, I'm going to wreck that bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. If, if, when I, I get to that staples, I'm going to destroy that bathroom. I do. I do have to tell one final story. Uh, Keith Sadik and I. Um, this is when we fell in love with you, and we knew that we were going to work with you forever. There is a crystal moment, despite having been through Cannibal together, despite having had a pretty good relationship. The moment that it was like, okay, this is going to work, was your first night shooting on Abo. We. Uh, uh, we, you know, got, got a hotel room cause we had to shoot in a hotel. Oh, room. right. <laughs> and we, God, sw- that was such a fun night. It was just a night of me and you doing scenes together and Doug shooting. And it was pretty, pretty relaxed, like a really controlled little environment to shoot in. Yeah. Good temperature. It didn't get too hot. Like a, a lot of the things about filmmaking, but we wanted to get out of there somewhat of a reasonable time. I think we probably wrapped up around 2am or something like that. Yeah. There was an IHOP next door that I considered going to. Yeah. Um, we all, yeah, it got late. Um, Keith and I go home. We really need to hit the sack because the next morning we're shooting all day long. Again. All day. And all we're going to do long. this for the next five days. So like, don't be stupid. Go to fuck to bed. Yeah. And uh, Instead, I, I capture all the footage because this was the, the day during tapes. So it wasn't just transferring cards. And yep. uh, way back when. And then I start to not just look at the footage, but edit it. Uh, Nina's passed out and occasionally opens one eye to be like, why are these two idiots still up? What and, the fu- it's like 5 a.m. Get out. <laughs> and we're both just illuminated by the glow of my CRT monitor. Of course. <clears throat> and we keep playing over and over again this one little clip of you. Wait, l- let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was basically you, you were it was a little piece of improv. We didn't we didn't. I think it was, it was it was Hoffman trying to guess what Abo probably thinks of him. That was the joke. Yeah, it was that that whole scene was basically like my Bond villain moment. Yeah, right. And you where it was just like I know I'm not a bad man. I'm just crazy and kind of a little mad. And it was just it was it was even you did it in a setup like one of the camera setups that wasn't going to cut well with everything else we had done. <laughs> and yet I threw it in anyway because it amused us so fucking much. You just go no. It was, it was a little crack in the voice. No, <laughs> we we're just like this dude is having fun with this fucking part. And oh, <clears> hell that's, yes, that's when we knew like okay, this is this is gonna work well. And we we played it on loop, and it was really funny to us the first ten times. Then it got a little less funny, and then around the seventieth, we were pissing ourselves with laughter. Just no. <laughs> And then, with, yeah, the ne- the whole next day, we were pretty much like in a sleepy days, just not yeah, <clears throat> not prepared to make a film. Well, well done for that. You should uh, you should make that my ringtone when whenever I call you. <laughs> it's every five seconds. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. You were very in that moment. Uh, oh, very much so. Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, a, a guy that I've, I'm so so happy to have uh, met and to work with and and hope to continue to work with. Likewise, Frank and Brent. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course, uh, we'll we'll do a follow up sometime either throughout the film or maybe afterwards. Excellent. Sounds like a plan. All right. See you, brother. See you, buddy.